tortoise. Hello, I'm Tomini and this is The Sensemaker from Tortoise. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, at least 11,000 people have died and 10,000 are missing after two dams burst during a storm in Libya. Is climate change to blame and what can be done to prevent similar disasters? That's after a short break. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Torrential rains brought on by Storm Daniel unleashed catastrophe in the city of Derna in eastern Libya. The floodwaters burst two dams and then rushed down onto the city, smashing apartment blocks, sweeping people out to sea and leaving others trapped under rubble. There's no help. There's nobody to help. There's no government. Climate change is supercharging storms. The surface waters of the Mediterranean are two to three degrees warmer than usual, which would have intensified Storm Daniel. In a single day, 16 inches of rain fell on the area around Derna, which would normally have had a fraction of an inch of rain in the whole month of September. The changing climate meant the area around the dams was drier too, with less vegetation to hold soil in place and slow the flow of water. But this wasn't just a natural disaster. Twelve years after a NATO-backed uprising in which rebels overthrew Muammar Gaddafi, Libya is divided between two weak governments. Here's Kieran Donnelly, Head of Crisis Response at the International Rescue Committee, a humanitarian aid organisation. That comes against, obviously, um, a more complex backdrop in Libya, uh, where you have over a decade of conflict and political turmoil, um, which has inevitably resulted in Um, a lack of attention paid to the maintenance of public infrastructure and to essential public services, um, basic social services, but also things like early warning systems, civil protection services that in other countries might have been able to help people evacuate earlier in a more uh, orderly way. A Libyan professor of civil engineering warned last year that the dams needed maintenance. He wrote an article in the journal in which he said that in the event of a big flood, the consequences would be disastrous. The dams were built by a Yugoslav company in the 1970s. In 1998, a Libyan government study revealed cracks in them, but work to repair them only got underway in 2010. Four months later, the uprising against Gaddafi began, and work on the dam was abandoned. The country is now split between an internationally recognised government in the West and a military commander, Khalifa Haftar, who controls the East, including the area around Derna. According to a 2021 report by Libyan state auditors, more than $2 million was set aside for maintenance of the dams, but the money was never spent. But the failure to maintain the dams wasn't the only reason so many people died. Derna's mayor gave an order for the city to be evacuated, but it was overruled by General Haftar. Instead, 
people receive text messages advising them to stay in their homes. So what can we learn from the disaster? We'll have more after the break. Hello, it's James Harding. I'm Tortoise's editor and I'm the host of The News Meeting, the podcast where three people debate which story should really lead the news. On the most recent episode, we were joined by the businesswoman and campaigner Gina Miller, who discussed obesity and people dropping out of the workforce. We also discussed Russia's push into northern Ukraine and the feud between Drake and Kendrick Lamar. To listen, search for The News Meeting on Tortoise News wherever you get your podcasts. Derna is a warning from the future. In a world where climate and weather-related disasters are becoming more frequent, early and effective action from governments is needed to save lives. But that's often exactly what's missing. Lydia Paul is from the Centre for Disaster Protection, which provides advice and training on financial measures to protect people's lives and livelihoods when disasters strike. I think often we see uh, in lots of the countries that we work with that simple things like the uh, climatic early warning systems are very weak. So for ordinary people, they might not have access to the sorts of information that we might take for granted when we're thinking about where we might want to build a house or where we might want to farm. Uh, that information might not be available to people. They might not be able to anticipate um, what the weather might be like for a planting season. Um, so there is a huge gap in terms of uh, early warning uh, information, but also in terms of what the longer term changes that people might need to anticipate are. So it's very difficult to make sensible risk-informed investment decisions for individuals and businesses. And of course, um, governments often don't have the resources or capacity to, to step in and respond and protect people when the worst does happen. So what can be done to save lives in countries where governments are fragile or non-existent? First thing the international community can do is understand that local context. Here's Kieran Donnelly again. Who are the partners? Who are the allies? Who are the people who have shared values and interests that we can work with to design and deliver those programs? In those areas where, through a lack of uh, legitimacy or a lack of will or a lack of capacity, there isn't uh, a government partner or, or, or some kind of functioning authority, um, then it's even more important to, to double down on listening to the voices of communities and partnering with communities. Libya has the largest oil reserves in Africa, as well as a strategic location in the Mediterranean. Its combination of wealth and weakness has encouraged interference by foreign powers, including Russia, which has backed General Haftar, and Turkey, which has provided military aid to the UN-recognized government. There's plenty to fight over, but no one who seems to care about the needs of ordinary people. Thanks for listening to The Sensemaker from Tortoise. This episode was written and reported by our climate editor, Jeevan Vasaga. It was mixed by Xavier Greenwood. To hear more from Jeevan about this story, you can listen to the most recent episode of The... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hello, it's James Harding. I'm Tortoise's editor and I'm the host of The News Meeting, the podcast where three people debate which story should really lead the news. On the most recent episode, we were joined by the businesswoman and campaigner Gina Miller, who discussed obesity and people dropping out of the workforce. We also discussed Russia's push into northern Ukraine and the feud between Drake and Kendrick Lamar. To listen, search for The News Meeting on Tortoise News wherever you get your podcasts. News Meeting by clicking on the link in this episode's description. Tortoise. 